Hey everyone, welcome to King's Talk, presented by Cap City Crown. This is Tony. With me, as always, we have John. Um, last time we were talking last week, we left off with the Kings coming back to the Golden One Center on a six-game homestand and promptly losing to the Hornets in that first game after splitting a, a three and three road trip, tough Eastern or Eastern Conference road trip. Um, so to come back, lose to the Hornets. Beat the Lakers, which was awesome. But then you lose to the Wizards in another game the Kings should have won. And they just got absolutely blown out by Washington. But something else that happened in that game was DeMontis Sabonis hurt his hand. Uh, and a report came out yesterday that he actually broke his right thumb. Specifically, the injury was that the Sabonis sustained an avulsion fracture of the ulnar collateral ligament of the right thumb. So I'm not sure what that means exactly, um, but the injury was confirmed through extensive consultation with the Kings team physicians and an outside specialist. And so Sabonis is listed as questionable for today's game against Denver. So that's, I think that's good news in itself that he's questionable. Um, I don't know how serious <laughs> a avulsion fracture of the ulnar collateral ligament is, but if he's not missing time right off the bat, I think that's a good sign. What do you think? Yeah, I think, honestly, thumb is better than hand. Uh, you can, depending on what the extent of the thumb injury is, you can wrap it up. I mean, it's much easier to contain and to to maintain the uh, rigid, like keep your thumb rigid than your whole hand. Because, like, you know, in football, it's like you break your hand, you got to put a club on. You can't do that in basketball. Yeah. You can totally play with a hurt thumb in basketball. So that is a big deal. Um, it is his right thumb, too, which, you know, Sabonis is a lefty. And that matters. Yeah. That totally matters. And it's one of those things where, I mean, you know, I think you, you, you want him to play because you're playing the best team in the Western Conference. You're playing the best center in the league. Um, and you want to be able to at least take one of these games. You'd ideally like to be able to protect your home floor. And if you're going to be able to do either of those things, you need some bonus to be there. And so there's that aspect of it. But then there's also the aspect of, and again, this kind of comes down to the severity of the injury and the specifics of it, which we're not really qualified to comment on a hundred percent, but the question comes up again, do you put a guy through a situation where it can get injured further? What is the risk of that? I wish we knew that off the top of our heads, but this is report is kind of just coming out as we're recording this. So, mm-hmm. um, but that kind of comes into question too. And questionable, I mean, he was listed as questionable a couple of games ago for his left hand played. You know, there's a very good chance he ends up playing this game. Yeah, I mean, like questionable is a lot better than just being out. And it, I mean, after losing those first two games of this, or not first two games, or two out of the first three on this mm-hmm. homestand, I think that kind of says a little, especially now you're playing against Denver. Like, if we're going against Washington or Charlotte, even when we lost those games, it's like, okay, maybe you sit Sabonis out for these. But, I mean, you're going up against Jokic. I mean, who's the perfect match for Jokic? It'd be Sabonis, right? Yeah. So, that's I think that will play a factor. Um but we'll see. I mean, you said like we you don't want him to aggravate the injury. We already saw this happen to Fox earlier this year with his foot injury. Report came out saying that he's been playing through discomfort and it was very uncomfortable for him. And so that obviously affected him. He had a pretty tough 10 game stretch, um, you know, a few few weeks ago where he just t- didn't look like himself. And I think the Kings paid for it a little Um and they should have just sat him out, it seemed like, because he sat out once that report came out. So uh, you don't want the same thing happening to Sabonis. You know, it's like, okay, well, Sabonis is only playing 75% of himself for five games in a row. Maybe just sit him out two and then let him get back to 100%. Maybe. I mean, it, you brought up a good point around the Fox injury because we were talking about it. It's like, man, it seemed like such a no-brainer that you should have been resting him. But you brought up a good point that they were on a winning streak. They were winning basketball games and it's like wow, you wanted to keep that momentum going yeah you that's true really especially in an early part of the season to get yourself into a good position going into this time of year um coming into this home stretch which yeah. brings it it tag teams perfectly into the sabonis issue because 
you really want to be able to clean up and get a pretty significantly nice uh, win-loss record over this 19-game stretch where you're playing 15 of them at home. And you've already started off one and two at home. And you got a tough ticket here. Two nights in a row. Two-game series, like baseball. Yeah. And Jokic is on the mound both nights in a row. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. I know. And I, not only is it a tough matchup, but it's like a matchup everyone's been waiting for all year. Like Sabonis Jokic. I mean, Sabonis is no Jokic, but man, Sabonis is having a really good year. Um, They're two elite centers. Two, two elite centers, yeah. And so it's something that I know the whole NBA wants to see at this point, not just Kings fans, not just Nuggets fans. So uh, a lot of anticipation for these two games. And so it would definitely suck not seeing Sabonis out there, especially if the Kings just get their ass kicked without him. But um which we'll know. talk about. In yeah, a we'll, we'll talk about it in a sec because there is a there's a possibility. There's a lot of questions that arise with yeah. the, with a potential instance where Sabonis is out for even a couple of games. Yeah, but it does make me you know feel a little better that it is his non dominant hand, which is important, of course. I mean, he is a he is a playmaker, so he needs both hands, um, you know, to be the most effective. But you you don't see. I mean, Sabonis can finish with his right, but. Seems like he's more comfortable finishing with his left, at least in scoring wise. So that's good. But it's a thumb, though. You know, a thumb's different than like I your know. pinky. Like or your s- pinky, you can tape it to your your ring finger, but your thumb, it's just a little different. There's a lot of, uh, in terms of grasping the ball, being able to make it, passes and yeah, whatnot. Exactly. Gonna, yeah. It'll take some dimension away, but and even even setting screens now, like you know, your thumb probably gets bumped. A lot. Could. It could, yeah. Just setting, you know, setting that screen. I don't... I mean, he probably wears some kind of brace and wrap it up. Like some kind of plastic brace. I hurt my thumb before, and they wanted to give me a plastic brace. I'm like, no, I was a kid. <laughs> I, want a, I want a cast. I'm out for the year, so you might as well give me a cast. <laughs> and uh, the guy was like, all right. Well, was, what does plastic brace look like? It was a little, like, plastic thing. He's like, you just put a little bit of sports tape around it, and it oh, just God. keeps your thumb in place. Now, again, I don't know what the specifics of that particular fracture is, but if he's questionable, he's a grown man, I feel like it would be something along those lines. It would involve some 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 sports tape. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, these are professionals who, you know, they're going to play through discomfort like Fox did. But and then even taking it back to the Fox thing, it's like foot. He had a foot bruise. Yeah, you're constantly you're on your foot. On that. Now I'm now I'm kind of just interested to see. But it's interesting when you look at Fox's like game log through that time. He had so many good games. So it was like I know one it, of those things where it lingered, lingered, and then it just must have just taken a down downturn a week or two before he ended up actually, you know, before it came out in the sack B. Yeah. It, yeah. Cause you're right. He, it wasn't, didn't affect him. Cause he said he, it happened in the magic game and he went off in that magic game and hit that game winner from half court. But, and he had a, a great stretch following that too, but it was towards the end and it's like, Oh, okay. Like maybe he just caught up to him. I don't know. And it was the game before that magic game that he hurt his knee. Remember? Um, so it was yeah, always, it was always weird Charlotte. that it was another because he missed the game before the Charlotte game because he came back he missed he missed the Heat game in Miami yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and then he came and they lost that game on that hero call where they didn't they didn't call the travel on hero yeah but when are they ever going to call that uh, yeah it's fair. <laughs> um, now that we have a couple months removed let's go back to that no <laughs> let's see acute traumatic avulsion or rupture of the UCL. Frequent sports injury, if not diagnosed or treated early, um, may lead to chronic instability, pain, and a loss of pinch and grip strength. I don't know. How do you fix it? Surgically or non-surgically, in plastic or a plaster or splint immobilization. So yeah, like what splint. you were saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think Sabonis as a competitor too. Maybe being compared to Jokic so much this year, like yeah. I, you know, he wants to go out there too. And these are important games. Like, I think that's just icing on the cake because now you read that, it just seems like, well, it's not going to be any better tomorrow than it is next week. It seems like maybe yeah. that's an exaggeration, but a couple of days later, yeah. So like he, I think he's going to play both games. It, it just he's questionable. I, I just think that says so much right there. Yeah. It was like. 
<laughs> like I'm glad. I thought I, when you because we were sitting here ready to record and yeah. the report just came out and so <laughs> Tony read it and uh I was expecting like out two to three weeks or out a month or something like that yeah and I was just like I was oh. expecting one oh, to two he, weeks and he just finished yeah he's questionable for Tuesday's game I'm like oh yeah that's not bad yeah yeah what would you what'd you do to your thumb when you heard it uh, what was the injury? We were doing a pass. So it was, oh, that was what, the seventh grade? Uh, I think so. That was so. the seventh grade, yeah. yeah. The seventh grade, we were doing a, a passing drill where each guy, you have kind of like a line behind. So each guy lines up at each of the four points of the paint. Mm-hmm. And you're doing like passes across. And then like someone, it's, it's like a passing drill. And someone steps up and then you move to another spot. And it's this constant, constant motion thing. And the whistle got blown. And one of the better players on the team, which means he gives good crisp passes, hit they hit me with one right after the whistle got blown. So I I was kind of a sheeple little kid. So when the whistle got blown, I was right at the coach. <laughs> I was looking right at the coach, not looking at the ball, and it went right under my thumb, and uh, it just it it broke it like somewhere in here, like under the fingernail. It's oh, right. really? Yeah. yeah. And what was, do you remember your exact like the injury specifically? Like a, a, they said it was a fractured thumb. It's a fractured thumb. They didn't. They they. I'm as a kid. What are they going to be like? You got a fractured thimbleitis, thimbleitis, <laughs> MCL capital. I don't know. I don't know this jargon. So, but so you, all I knew at that time is I wanted a cast. That's so, all. I knew. So you're you're no help in us trying to figure out. I mean, like how bad it hurt. Like, like could you have played through it if you had to? I mean, yes, it, it, but I was very, not very very different. I knew my team did not need it. me. I was, it was the antithesis of Domas Sabonis in terms of magnitude of difference made on the floor. I've I made a bigger difference by not being active because you had to play at that level. So they had to play me. Oh man, we got to put him on the floor. <laughs> Sixty seconds of yeah, four on five. He has to enter the game once. You go in for like five seconds, and there's an out of bounds. Like, I pull him. Dead yeah. ball. That happened one First time. Dead ball. That happened one time when I was in like. When we were playing, I mean, we were on the same team together. Yeah. And me and a couple other kids at the end of the bench, we were trying to figure out who would play the most. And one kid played 20 seconds. Yeah, I remember that. And I'm not going to say his name, but it's exactly who you would have thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he really went in for 20. That was his game. Yeah, 20 seconds. Went in there. It's always the worst. No shot attempts, no rebounds, no assists. Plus minus is minus two. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what are you doing? But, well, John and Sabonis, he, they, he can officially say they have something in common. Um, yeah. <laughs> For real. But, um, but yeah, so we're kind of alluding to it, is that this is going to, if for some reason Sabonis does miss tonight's game, I mean, he is questionable, even though we're saying we feel good about it. Um, you know, the, this uh, I don't know, news um it, it, with him being questionable other than missing a couple weeks like th- there still could be the chance that he misses it mm-hmm. the game tonight so what is that what would that mean for the kings if they suit up tonight without sabonis who, who okay what well it's interesting because the backup center situation as it is is a carousel and nobody's been they haven't stopped it settled on yeah. any of the horses now they brought in Kata just to make it Kata's is there and it's just he can't really stay in there without fouling and he's kind of a klutz with the ball he still seems like he needs to iron out and kind of grow it almost seems like he needs to grow into his body still somehow i don't know how old is he i, I mean he's he 22? must be like 22 23 yeah it's like, which is you kind of should be doing that right? <laughs> yeah. but that's like one of the biggest critiques about him is even as he looks so good in summer league he was still so awkward and still so not fundamentally sound um, and he goes out there and he fouls, you know, he plays four or five minutes. And he's got two fouls. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did a little bit better in his, f- uh, what was that last game? The Lakers game or the, yeah, he was okay. in he that. Was, he was decent. He was, he was because the bench unit came in and they were kind of getting that energy and it almost felt like Kato was like just a bigger Metu. Yeah. It kind of seems like what he is. And so it's like almost like, yeah, Kato is almost like a replacement for Metu <laughs> if anybody, because Met, to be fair to Metu, it's like Metu's more of a power forward than he is a center. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's just like he's a small ball center. It was funny because like Mark Jones kept calling him, he's a small five. And I'm like, well, he's their backup five. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's, their, he's their backup five. But in terms of a game where Sabonis is out, knowing that that's already an issue, I mean, 
you're probably look you're not going to start Keita or Metu. You're going to start either Holmes or Len. And I honestly, between those two, I think you probably start Holmes because Holmes is probably going to play better as a starter. That might be the issue, right? Coming off the bench. Yeah. I mean, it, there was no issues with Rashawn Holmes in his Kings career until he started coming off the bench. Um, so, I mean, maybe starting him back with Fox and the, the starting lineup could do him wonders. I don't know. He, he still hasn't convinced me yet. I know they're giving him a little more playing time, but yeah, it, it's really just the bench, the move to the bench that seems to be his problem. But I don't know. He still has a lot to prove. But you also have Alex Lynn, who really hasn't played much um, this season at all. And I remember when um, Sabonis went down last year with that knee injury and they kind of just shut him down for the rest of the season. The Kings had a game against the Nuggets, and I believe he actually got the start. Well, I think Holmes was out too. Yeah. But, I mean, Jokic is a bigger body. Not someone who's entirely too mobile that you have to – I mean, he, he's still mobile for his size, but someone, you know, Lynn maybe could hang out on the perimeter with if needed to. And definitely someone who can, you know – bang down low with um you know because you know that's what Jokic is gonna do so he got that start late last year so I could see him maybe getting the start too but again Sabonis or Holmes weren't available that game so I could see Holmes getting that start I would hope it would be a good audition for him maybe the king you know the trade deadline's coming up in less you know two months now and uh less than two months really so Maybe they're. Um, it, it would be interesting because yeah. it would be interesting to see if he could get a rhythm that way. Holmes in the starting lineup, because I feel like it's almost interesting to think about what the strategy could be. Because you could start Holmes, play him five minutes in the first, then bring Len in, kind of finish up Jokic in that first quarter. Yeah, you know, kind of try to attack him, maybe try to run the floor a little bit more, and then maybe have Len on tap. Maybe don't plan on going to Len early, but have it ready, and then have Len bang with Jokic because we talked about it at the beginning of the season what's the purpose of having Len there well Len is more of a third center he's more of a guy that you call on upon certain matchups maybe maybe when you only you need him yeah like Jokic and and it would be matchups exactly like Jokic or somebody that big or some of those Eastern European bigs Jokic, get him in there man Valanciunas Nurkic go. Serbia and who else and uh, Ukraine there you go who do you know the D- Denver's backup I was just about to ask that question. I, yeah, so it, it was it was cousins last year. Yeah, I don't. I, ooh, they got um, uh, DeAndre Jordan, right? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. Which is a guy who's gonna be down low. Yeah, will not. So honestly, Holmes and Len would be probably just your one two. I feel like because Len still work. He was he hadn't played. He seems like the only guy of the backup center four, you know, mm-hmm. that hasn't really had a chance to play because he kind of got sick there at the end of that road trip. And yeah. then you talk about Lyle's lost kind of like a step or two being out for a couple of games. I feel like it's probably even harder for a seven footer to get, get his, you know, have his, con- like you lose three or four days being sick. Your conditioning probably takes way bigger hit. It's probably harder to climb back as a bigger guy. So he hadn't really been able to play it. I feel like getting some practice in over the, I know that they practiced on Christmas Eve probably practice today. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm not sure. And either. so, you know, he's probably worked back into things and is probably ready to go again. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, even if Sabonis is playing, I wouldn't be surprised if Len gets called upon as for primary backup minutes, at least in these two games. Yeah. That's who against Jokic. And I'm looking at the backup centers right now for Denver and DeAndre Jordan is on the team mm-hmm. and I don't know what's going on in Denver. So I'm not like positive, but he did the Nuggets did play on Friday. Right. That was their last game. And DeAndre Jordan had zero minutes off the bench. You had Jeff green who might be doing center minutes, like small ball five kind of guy. And then you also have a guy named Z Nanji. I don't know. Zeke Nanji. Didn't Denver play last night? Uh, I don't. I didn't see. Did they play that. Sunday? Are you on uh, basketball? I'm on ple- <laughs> They did play last night. Uh, say, or two nights because Aaron Gordon had that freaking. You, oh man, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Had that freaking. He had that freaking dunk, man. That freak. Yeah. So it looks like DeAndre <laughs> Jordan didn't suit up, which is interesting because people have been comparing that Aaron Gordon dunk to the DeAndre Gordon. Ah, DeAndre uh, Jordan dunk when he was with the Clippers and he just laid out Brandon Knight. Yeah. 
No, you know what that his the Aaron Gordon dunk reminded me of was that Anthony Edwards dunk that got called off last year. You ever seen that one? No, I don't. Oh, they, if I, it got called off, what the hell? It was it, it was <laughs> like one of those. It got called off. I don't know if it should have been. Was it a charge or? Yeah, yeah, but it was the guy was rotating in late. His foot even might have been on the the cylinder or yeah. But I don't know. No, I'm looking. DeAndre Jordan didn't play last night or two nights ago. Nanji played nine minutes, and he's the only guy above how, a shooting guard. How how big is Nanji Harris? Nanji Harris. Same <laughs> seek Nanji. Oh my bad. Nanji Harris is the running back for the uh, for the for the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey man, Merry Christmas. This is a sports mashup. He is six nine. He's a power forward, so he's six nine. He's a forward center. He's averaging three three point seven points a game, one point three rebounds. Well, we thought Metu would match up well against uh, who's the because the fucking uh, the Raptors have a. Their center situation is essentially a bunch of Metus. <laughs> no, they got... Not, but talented. But in oh, terms yeah. of like... No, the, they got like Boucher. But in yeah. terms of like what length they use, they use length more than like yeah. vertical height. You Who? Know? Um, what is that, Coloco guy? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the Coloco guy, dude? <laughs> like, I don't remember his name. Now I feel like I don't know what I'm talking on about. On Toronto? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm just crazy. I know. Don't they still have Chris Boucher? Who's their starting center? Siakam. Siakam. He's, okay, so he's yeah. their starting. Maybe I'm just the crazy one. No, well, I remember you're, you're saying Coloco, and I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm just thinking Bruno Caboclo. Well, I just said I just said Nanji Harris was on the <laughs> Nuggets. So, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt, please. I mean, Zeke Nanji. I've never, I've never heard of him. Neither have I, <laughs> yeah. which explains why. I feel like nobody's going to dog me for that. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> the Raptors, their backup center. Uh, okay, Chris Boucher's. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Christian Coloco. Christian Coloco. I wasn't sure if his name was Christian. No, you're yeah, right. Christian Coloco. Yeah, I remember him now. Yeah. Because he's like, what, 6'9"? You're right. He was very lanky. Yeah. Because so is Siakam and so is Boucher. And that was what's so disappointing about Metu in that game. That's why Len, I mean, that's why Holmes got minutes. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Metu looked like absolute... I know, Metu kind of just... Metu just like felt... I don't know, it, like, it seemed like he just... I think he got overconfident. Maybe. Like, I'm a backup. I can start I can start I, taking a hook shot again. I think it was in that Raptors game where he, like, on uh-huh. two straight possessions, tried to do something, and he missed one. I think he turned one over, and it was just like, get him out of Yeah. Here. And it's like... You hear Mike Brown talk about all these things. You hear him talk about it. It's like, a guy's got to be out there, be able to go out there, give Domas minutes without fouling. And it's like, okay, he's talking about Keita. Yeah. <laughs> or in Holmes, too. Um, and then he's like talking about, he's like, they got to play within the game plan, but they got to play hard. And it's like, that's Metu, because he doesn't always play within the game plan. He gets, he plays outside himself. I feel like he has like, I feel like he tells like, he just grabs all the backup centers before the games. It's like, just don't fuck up. <laughs> I feel like that's just one thing he said. Go with the flow. Yeah. Please. Don't you shoot the ball. Don't. Hands up on defense. Yeah, hands up. Just stay out of the restricted area, but protect it. You're not going to score. You're not. Unless <laughs> you're getting alley-oops, you're going to yeah, earn it. Unless you're getting a wide-open alley-oop in you're transition. Gonna, but Mike Brown made a great point. It's like, you're playing four, four to six minutes a half. That's not a lot of time. You yeah. better be playing hard. Yeah. And that's another thing that happened that's to true. Metu is Metu is playing so hard. You talk about him getting overconfident, even more so than him taking shots that are out of his, you know, uh, outside himself, I guess, to use that again. It's just like he kind of lost a pep of lost, lost a step energy wise. Yeah. You know, he did. Yeah. And I feel like there's part of it had to do with the kind of bench going through a bit of a swoon. But we even were pointing out at that time. It's like, well, that just shows that Metu is kind of a he floats in the top. Yeah, you know when the water rises, he rises with them. You yeah, know? and when it mm-hmm. sinks, he's down with them. He's not really going to change anything. Yeah, he just goes with the flow of essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. To bring it back to that like Nuggets thing, I mean, even if Metu matches up well with the backup center or whatever, I uh, feel like they're Zeke, still going to. Zeke Nanji, yeah, Nanji <laughs> Harris. <laughs> At least it wasn't some made up name. At it, least it was a real person. That's, that's fair. But, um, yeah, the center situation would be interesting without Sabonis. But I feel like it would be 
really, really, really interesting to see Holmes start and just see what happens. I, I would like to see that too. Just just to see if maybe that changes something within him. And maybe it, maybe the team like Charlotte sees that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we could actually use that. Oh, he's still got it in him. Yeah. You know? And you, and, and you know he does. It's just, yeah. I, I, wanted, I, really, I really would hope it would un, you know, unlock him. And, and, you know, this is just still all maybes because the bonus is questionable. So who's Utah's center? Is Mark Cannon their center or is he their power forward? I don't know. I You know, I don't is know. Is it that rookie? Uh, the rookie who? at uh, Auburn? They uh, got him in a trade in the in the Donovan Mitchell trade. And I think he plays a lot and I think he's been pretty impressive. The Donovan Mitchell. Trade. Maybe I'm making it up, but the guy's name is uh, Kessler, I think is his last name. Um, I don't think Kessler. No, I don't know. It, you, know, we clearly know the NBA very well. We know the Kangs. We know, yeah, <laughs> which is what we're talking about most of the time. But yes, as we venture out, yeah, we start talking about Najee like... Harris. I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers backfield. Let me see. Let me look at the Jazz real quick. Last game, just we got the Jazz. Stalling some time. Did they? Did they play on Friday? It doesn't. Well, figure it out, Tony. <laughs> I'm looking. But my point was, is like maybe okay. you, uh, maybe you, uh, you see how Domas <clears throat> does in these two games where he plays against the other great center in the West. Yeah, you're Conference. right. Kessler. Yeah. What's Nerf. his first name? Hunter? W. Oh, Walker Kessler. Is it? I think so. Hey, well, let me click on. Yeah, I remember because he was like one of the like you had Duran and Mark Williams were like yeah. the top two centers, yeah. and then like. Kessler was like the third guy, I think, the back of the first Who's round. There, and Utah ended up with him. Rudy Gay's on this team. Wow, I can't believe Rudy Gay's in the league. Where's Hassan Whiteside? <laughs> I don't think but, he's on a team. Wasn't he on the Jazz? Caitlin Horton Tucker's on the Jazz. I don't know, dude. That team kind of got just. It seemed like guys just landed there. What? When? And then who's the Finnish kid? Laurie Marcannon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like Marcannon's having a year. Yeah, he's, he's very good. He's yeah, he's the guy you got to be worried about. Um, I, re- I really wanted the Kings to get him. I forget what drop that was, but um, yeah, Kessler. He last game twelve points, fourteen rebounds, and he doesn't even have like a a bio on Bleacher Report. I'm like, yeah, you click on Jordan Clarkson, like it'll pop up. It's like non-lottery pick, man. You gotta love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. I, d- I couldn't tell you how tall he is. I think he's six eleven, seven feet, okay. something like that. He's like, a good body center. Center. Okay. So he runs the floor decently for his size and protects the paint. I just, I just, you know him. I think that's what I read in his draft profiles. He just kind of would pass him up. Sometimes. Walker Kessler, you say? Yeah. And Nanji, <laughs> Zeke Nanji. Zeke Nanji. Yeah, not Nanji Harris. Walker Kessler. Anyways. But um, yeah, I mean, like, that, I mean, because you're not, again, you're not going to start. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a nice, he's a handsome guy, Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler from Atlanta, Georgia. Seven feet. Yeah, seven footer. He's first round. Give him some credit. Hell yeah. Pick 22. He's a good player. Yeah, yeah, Auburn. He called it. So, um, yeah, no idea about this guy's game. Like John does his his analysis. I'm so yes. Um, if I don't know what the heck's going on in the rest of the NBA, I know what's going on. I guess with the kids out of Auburn. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I keep getting older. They stay the same age. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I mean, like, I kind of like talking about this hypothetical. No, I don't like talking. I don't want to say that because people are going to be up in arms over that. I don't like talking about it, but it's fun to talk about. It's interesting. It's thought provoking to think about what would happen if Sabonis wasn't there. Um, And this would be where it gets less fun because it would be pretty ugly when you start thinking about an emergency plan for a play style overall, mostly offensively, obviously, even as an anchor defensively. Uh, overall, what would happen if Sabonis wasn't there? And you're, if you're talking about home starting, would you be seeing a team that looks a little bit more like Luke, Luke Walton's teams? Or you, you would have to. I mean, the, the the offense runs through Sabonis. He is the offense of that team, and Fox is kind of his like score first guy. Like he he's gonna get his buckets on his own, and he's a he's a good playmaker, but nowhere close to Sabonis's level, right? 
So, and then you take out Sabonis himself, and he's a good scorer uh, outside of his playmaking. So now, it, now the load's going to fall all back on Fox, minus like a good scoring center you can run a pick and roll with. So, um, I don't know. Fox, if Sabonis does not play tonight or tomorrow night, it's just going to be, I don't know. I, I honestly would have a hard time believing the Kings would win unless Fox just really steps it up. And that's something I think Fox has struggled with lately is stepping up, uh, when he's needed to, but, uh, I don't know. It, it's going to, the bulk of the, you know, the yeah. offense and the workload is going to fall on him and it's going to see if he can step up and he can't, he can't just step up. He's going to, he's going to have to take it to the next level to be a team <laughs> like the nuggets. Are they, I mean, I'm assuming they're, they're first. first in the West. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a tough game. Yeah. But if, I mean, I would hope Fox, you know, I, I think you were saying this before the, uh, the podcast started, but I mean, if this is the time, you know, cause he kind of fell out of favor with his all-star, uh, you know, maybe all-star bid this year just because of that 10-game stretch that brought down his numbers. But with the, if Sabonis is out, this is his time to maybe up that bid a little, show like, hey, you know what, I can take over this team if needed. Because Sabonis is, we had this debate earlier this year where it's like, who's the better player, Fox or Sabonis? And we're kind of like back and forth for the first three weeks. But for the last month, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the bonus. And just think Fox. about the conversation we're having. Yeah, exactly. What would they would be, be doing like without Fox, they figured it out. I, exactly. So, you, you know, like Mitchell Monk, guys like that can <clears throat> kind of fill in for Fox in a certain way. Yeah. And in a certain way, I feel like if Sabonis was out, it would I would be asking, man, I feel like Monk would be playing like 40 minutes a game. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, you need that extra facilitator. out Yeah. There. You'd almost feel like you'd be, be playing smaller. You would have to. You because yeah, Monk's your next best facilitator between Fox and Sabonis. Yeah, he and honestly, it, might be better than Fox this year. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> and Mitchell maybe. I mean, Mitchell wasn't too bad at the end of last year. Oh no, yeah, and Mitchell steps up when in certain situations. Yeah, I feel like he has a tendency to do that. Yeah, just off and he's just like he's like he's a great starter for some reason too. Yeah, Mitchell. Yeah, he start. Yeah, I'll score thirty. And he's always set into the tone defensively. It makes mm-hmm. a big difference. It really goes a long way. Yeah. But it'd, it would be so ugly, though. I'm sorry. It would just be so ugly. I don't know what they would. They'd have to be in such a high tempo all the time. Yeah. They could not get in the half court. Because once they do that, it's just like, even when you see them with Sabonis doing that, <laughs> lately, it has not been pretty. So no. it's like, without them, it's like, yeah. now everybody's guarded by their guy. There's no open man. Nobody's collapsing on Sabonis. So that'd be a problem. And they'd just be collapsing on Fox. So you'd have to hope that they're shooting over 40% from three. <laughs> and and we're talking about all this and saying it out loud and just like. That's yes, not good. Yeah, Sabonis is playing. Yeah. Sabonis, Sabonis has playing. to play. Yeah, he has to. Like Mike Brown's like, you can play. And Sabonis is going to go, yeah. He's like, he's not going to question him. No, you can't. You're all right. Not against the Nuggets. No. Yeah, you have to. You don't have to. But especially after those Charlotte and Washington losses, you, you have to split these two games. It's huge. Maybe, maybe if they win. Tonight, maybe Sabonis like, all right, like my my hand hurts a little from banging down with Jokic all night. Whoa, what were you doing with Jokic? <laughs> Dude, he's getting down. Has Nickel ever looked in your eyes? They're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> They're beautiful eyes with Serbian eyes. But <laughs> maybe maybe you sit him. One, maybe you sit him after you if you win the first game. Yeah, I don't know. Because I mean, I mean, he might feel something after a game. That's a good point. I, I can and imagine. if they can walk away and win one game against the Nuggets, I mean, it's pretty good. But again, if you're talking about being the team that you want to be, if you were in a playoff series against, I don't care who it is, and you had a home field, a home for, oh, a home court <laughs> advantage, and you had those first two games at home, you have to win those first two games. You've got to find a way to do it. So I feel like even just. They, if they win a game, they, they got to go just as hard to win that second game. They got to prove to yeah. themselves and they got to prove to the rest of the league that they're like dangerous. That that beam is lethal. <sighs> that beam will blow up your house. That's fair. I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like I'm a That kind of escalated guy. quickly because I, I was just commenting on what you were saying in terms of like, well, because that's kind of smart. I mean, like that's just in terms though, of, under the circumstance of maybe Sabonis feels a little sore or feels a little tender on his thumb you know yeah which would be smart but again it's like bring it 
I, I say don't risk a bonus as injury. If you, that I, would be smart. It would be smart. And I don't know. At the end of the day, maybe not something Kings fans want to hear. You, you, you give me Denver or Kings in a four-game series, I have a hard time seeing the Kings winning that. At least right now. This is the first year the Kings are trying to get into the playoffs. To me, that's the number one goal. And whatever they do afterwards, it's just, you know, yeah, icing on the cake. Right? I don't think you're crazy for saying that at no. all. But. And, you know, it's hard to admit. But, I, I mean, I think the Kings aren't so much worried about focusing on, like, all right, proving to the league that, look at us. Like, I mean, they are in that sense. But, like, they're not trying to say, like, they're a top three team in this league. They're, I think at, they're in the stage... And the I don't it's not rebuilding process, <laughs> just the process of trying to make the playoffs being mm-hmm. like like yeah, like we're here, like we're gonna put up a fight and we can we can be you know, we're gonna make some noise. Like yeah. real noise too, not just like, yeah, we can like beat <laughs> the Sixers one night and then lose the next ten games. You know, well, can they beat the Sixers? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great that's it's a another great, great center. Yeah. This is gonna be the backup center, regardless if Sabonis is playing or not, that's just gonna be exacerbated. By another good center matchup, dude. Can we just can we just appreciate? Yeah, we're just talking about Sabonis so much. Just like appreciate how good he's been. He's so good. He's been insane. I can't, I was thinking about it today earlier today. I was like, man, Mike Brown is this defensive coach, and it's like if you know, you think if I were Mike Brown and you had like were presented with five different centers, maybe or something like that, and one of them was Gobert and one of them was Sabonis, you know. And it's just like, you'd think the defensive coach would go with Gobert. I feel like Mike Brown would go with Sabonis because it makes his job so much easier. Yeah. He can. He doesn't have to worry about the offense. No. Just say, Jay Triano, call the play, <laughs> and Jay's got a freaking pencil or something. He pulls out of his pocket, and he's like, I got to play here. You know? And he, he, you know, A, and he, he got a play written up the Canadian, and uh, and everything's good. Mike Brown can go ahead and chide with with. Jordy Fernandez and figure out what the hell's going on defensively. Yeah. But my, my, you know, freaking Domas has it locked down offensively. He makes everybody's life so much easier. Uh, you can hear it when Mike Brown talks about it. He's like, that guy does everything. He goes so hard. Makes my life so much easier. Yeah. Fox says that about him. Everybody says that about him. Dude, Everybody benefits. He's uh, Especially in terms of the offense. You know, and he's getting national recognition. I mean, some people are throwing him in MVP. You know, he's got to be at least in the talks. He's not like he he won't win it, but right. he's he's kind of in the t- he's like he's like a like a dark horse runner right now. Um, I, I was like, uh, who's that guy? Zach Lowe, I think, from the Athletic. Zach mm-hmm. Lowe on the Athletic. Bleach Report. He was okay. one Maybe, of the two. It was someone for, who's who's the big Athletic guy. That's not Shams. Uh, the um, uh, Ke- Kevin O'Connor maybe. I don't know. It was someone they like threw out like they had this like algorithm that figures out the best players. I don't I don't know how they figured it out, but Sabonis was like they were saying that he was the fourth best player in the NBA right now, based off of the these I believe these this data right, and I, I believe it too. It's dude's crazy, and so I don't know. It just it just feels nice. He's leading the league in rebounds. He's leading the league in double doubles. He's so good. Yeah, back to back triple doubles. I was just telling someone, I'm like, you know, regardless of what the hell is ever going on, it's like just watching Sabonis. It's like I feel like I'm watching one of the best basketball players I've ever watched. Yeah, like it's it, he goes down as like one of my favorite players. Yep. If he keeps yeah. playing, like if if I as long as I'm subjected to him this this way, it's just like it's so pretty to watch him play. Yeah, it's stupid. He's gonna. He's going to, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. But he's, he's, I mean, no, I was going to say why. He's, we're just talking so much hype about him. And he's just going to resign somewhere else or sign somewhere. Nah, I feel like, I feel like if, if he would go anywhere, maybe he'd go to Golden State. But he, I think he's got his house in Napa. You know? Yeah, that's true. I feel, like he's, I feel like he's kind of like got a foothold here. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean. Unless like Vivek Ranadive shakes up the diorama. Or something, you know, just <laughs> Tom messes with it. Um, I think he's probably going to be interested in staying here because Fox is interested in staying here, and you're going to Fox is yeah, and he's, he's here, yeah, and yeah. so and you got Mike Brown here. It's going to be the situation as long as nothing crazy happens. Uh, 
And hopefully, hopefully, I mean, there's been talks too, but hopefully McNair actually gets that extension now. Yeah. And that just, that just really just builds that stability in SAC. I mean, Brown, Brown sound signed a three or four year deal. Four or five year, I think. Four or five. Okay. So you got the coach. Yeah. I mean, Vivek's known to fire coaches, but yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a hard uh, decision to fire a coach who <laughs> in the next possibly breaks your playoff. Yeah, exactly. Throughout. I mean, who knows? Who, I mean, I had, I mean, we're at Brown and I don't mean to switch the conversation up, but how, how do you feel about Brown this year? Um, he's been pretty good. Yeah. I think for the circumstances that they're going for, for trying to, I think he was perfect for the Sabonis kind of route. You know, um, because I think that they can make the playoffs this year. And I thought that they could make the playoffs this year before they hired Mike Brown. And Mike Brown has shown a lot of things um, in terms of getting guys to compete on both ends of the floor. Um, I Like a month ago, I would have said, like, he's got these guys playing defense. I feel like that's a little more of a shaky topic right now Mm -hmm. because the defense has been so up and down. It's been pretty bad for the last couple of weeks. Um but, you know, the energy and the intent is different. And it seems like the overall goal is the same. And in terms of, like, coalescing uh, stability, you're also coalescing that kind of, like, goal. And I feel like he's done a lot of good stuff in terms of that. So he's kind of, like, in a rah-rah kind of a sense, kind of built, like, a little bit of a environment here. It was kind of stale. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, imagine, remember Luke Walton as a coach? Mm-hmm. Kind of a boring guy. Yeah. Mike Brown might come off as a little fake sometimes, but Mike Brown at least fires people up. Mm-hmm. Like, Luke Walton seems like the type of guy that's just like, I don't know. I got nothing to go with that. But yeah. it's just like, I don't know. He definitely belongs as an assistant coach. <laughs> yeah, well, he's in where Cleveland now. Like, I feel like he'd be the coach you go to with personal advice. You'd go for, like, not like, how do I work on my jump shot? You go to, I'm going to go to Coach Luke and ask him how I can get my wife to look at me again. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to, I don't, yeah, I just, so there's, 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 I guess the, the, um, the presence of knowing what the hell you're doing and being able to get guys to be kind of on board with things and, not just on board with a goal, but on board with what it takes to get there. Like Mike Brown's done a pretty terrific job. So in context of that, it's pretty good. We'll have to see. I mean, like three years from now, it could be a different conversation. Yeah. I mean, you were saying something earlier. I think it was worth bringing up about the Warriors and Mark Jackson and how maybe that could relate to the Kings and Mike Brown in three years. And again, this is so far down the line, but I thought it was an interesting topic. Yeah, because I guess my biggest critique of Mike Brown is he kind of, he comes off as, he doesn't, I don't know if he's the most genuine guy. He's almost a little too bubbly, a little too soft, a little too nice to the media. He knows how to talk to the media. I just don't trust him. (laughs) (laughs) I like him. I think he's a funny guy. I think he's a good coach, but it's just like, I always wonder, because especially when you think about his time with Cleveland, that first time with Cleveland, his players ended up kind of lost respect in him. And it was for different reasons. It was for a different reason than what I would maybe imagine could possibly happen here. But, you know, he stands up for his guys a lot. And he goes pretty far to do that. He's thrown out of games, violently approaching referees with profanity or whatever he got fined for. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a crazy video. Yeah. And it was, it was nuts. Like, I remember watching that and being like, wow. Like, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. It's like seeing someone act out in public. And he's just like, oh, shit. He's like, kind of rattled. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Man, he was pissed. <laughs> and I'm almost just like, well, how far? I feel like he's always defended his guys. He defends his guys, and it just keeps escalating to these new heights. I'm like, well, how far does that go? How Can you go beyond that? Like, how much are you going to do that? And are guys going to always be like, yeah, this guy's standing up for me? Or is someone that's there for a while? Especially if you're trying to build a foundation. And these are just questions. I'm not doubting them. Yeah, and we're not, we're not trying to like... But does the point come yeah. up where he puts himself in a position where... He's not as vibrant of a defender of his guys than he was maybe just a little bit ago. Like, is there, could there be a challenge to maybe being a little too rah rah? Maybe that becomes disingenuous and guys 
whether it is disingenuous or not, maybe guys see it that way. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Like, out. you can go so far. It's just like, it's like, I, I, I always bring it, I always compare it to, to Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is perfect for college football because guys are only there for three or four years and then they don't have to deal with it. When you're there for like three or four or five years and you're a grown man in the NFL, you're like, this shit gets kind of old. Yeah. Like, how, you're not that serious. And like, you saw it with the quarterback change. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> like, I mean, like, it, ultimately, I feel like, you know, the decision, I don't know if there was a right or wrong decision. I feel like that was probably, that doesn't matter. That's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> but the the thing is that there is, like, guys are watching what you're doing. And it's just like, especially if you're calling so much attention to yourself as being this, like, media doll and you're being this, I'm protecting my guys. And again, I like Mike Brown. He seems like a good guy. And I'm not saying that I expect anything like this to happen. I'm just saying I feel like he puts himself in danger to get called out as maybe disingenuous or as a phony. So, you know, in, in that aspect, I feel like that's kind of like. <laughs> no, no, I, I like that. Because, I mean, Mike Brown, and it, it, I only have good things to say Mike, about Mike Brown. And, um, I mean, it's, you know, you know why. The Kings are 17 and 14 through 31 games. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe it's. I think it's important to not bring, you know, bring up something. Yeah. He isn't perfect. Because it's not going to be perfect. Exactly. There's going to come a day where this team loses a playoff series and people are going to be calling for him to get fired. Yeah, exactly. It's going to happen. I mean, like if things go well, he should be so lucky that he does that. But, um, you know, I just feel like it's interesting. It's interesting to talk about. It is. Because even as the Kings are struggling right now, I don't think it has anything to do with Mike Brown. I just think that there's some personnel issues and guys are still learning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even when like you think about like the three games and four nights over Thanksgiving, like they look pretty crappy in two of those three games. Mm-hmm. And one of them, you get it. It's the second of a back to back, but it's like, then they went to Boston. And it's just like, it almost seemed like by the mid midway through the third quarter, they'd let go of the rope. There's yeah. just no chance they were going to win that game. No. And, but you felt like they learned something from that. You know, they came back and lost to the Suns, right? Yeah. They came that back was another kind of like, Ugh. But then they bounced back and won like six straight or something, five straight. I think three straight. Three that's still a winning streak. Yeah, I think they came back <laughs> one three straight. Yeah, was- Indiana, Los Angeles, the Clippers, the uh, uh, Bulls, and then they went on their six gamer on the road. Yeah, I feel like there's been lessons in everything. There, there has. So I don't know, but just Mike Brown doing a good thing, doing a good thing. Just don't get your head in the clouds. <laughs> It's, I think that's right. a, I think that's something fair to bring up. It, it's so early and there's, you know, it's so early on in the season in his career as a, as a coach for the, or not his career, but you know, his tenure in Sacramento. And so it's easy to get lost and like, Oh, Mike Brown's the truth. Right. And it feels like now we're just like talking. Shit well, cause I Mike do Brown. think that right now he would be my front runner for coach of the year. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I just think it's important to bring up all aspects of Brown. I, at the end of the day right now, he has an A plus in my book. He's been absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. for a team like the Kings. But you brought up that point to me, and you're kind of disgusting with me. And yeah. I think it's important to put it out there. Yeah. Because, again, something's going to happen. Like, we're 17 and 14 right now on pace to uh, make the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. But it's a long journey, and something's going to come up, and the the blame will be put on Brown. So. And we just want to be able to look back and because it's interesting, we're putting ourselves at such an advantage to where if a situation that we're talking that we are kind of hypothesizing ends up happening a year or two or three from now, we can go back and be like, look, we said it. Yeah. And then if it doesn't happen, nobody's going to flip and remember. <laughs> and we just let it get buried in the sands of time. Exactly. So this only benefits us. Yes. As it should. <laughs> um, <laughs> But one of the things I was thinking about over the last couple of games, because we were talking about it last week, because we were concerned that Barnes might miss some time. Now, he didn't. He ended up playing and played all right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but I still can't help but thinking about the backup behind him. Because you think about it, and you're like, the backup behind him is Terrence Davis or Trey Lyles. You're either going down in size or you're going up in size, you know? Yeah. And it's not really a backup. No. It's like Akpala maybe, but he's not a nightly minutes guy. Not at all. And I don't know. Like, 
the backup center obviously has to get fixed because we were just talking about a potential emergency alert where Sabonis gets hurt and you have so many options, but you also don't have any. But it would really be, at least you have names, you have bodies to throw out there. I feel like if something happens to Harrison Barnes, you're kind of hoping that Keon Ellis or somebody like comes up. I and have is no just like, idea. Like, yeah, that's a great point. Like, <laughs> if a bonus gets hurt, like, okay, like, at least we have actual centers. Yes. Like, uh, we can throw at Lynn. We can throw Kata. We can throw even, I mean, I don't even really count Meta as a center, but he's been doing it. So you have mm-hmm. Meta, you have Rashawn Holmes, mm-hmm. your starting center for the last two and a half years in sack yeah. before this year. And so, um, yeah, like there really isn't. There's like no one's a a small forward first player in this organization. Honestly, the next person behind Barnes is probably Keegan Murray. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. no, no, I'd say Herder. Herder, I would say. Really, I think I was reading that Herder played more small forward than shooting guard in Atlanta last year. Oh yeah, so him, I guess. So yeah. He was a starter. And I think he's starting shooting guard, but. Probably played. I don't know. I, it sounded like Herder. Donovich coming off the bench. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about Bogey over in Atlanta. Is he coming off the bench? I think he's a starter. He might be starting now, but but when he was playing with Herder. I, I think he might have been a starter. Was Maybe that? I'm crazy. I, I Like I said, I clearly don't know. I, I Well, I think I'm just going off of what I remember when we when the Kings got Herder. And I remember looking at Because it seemed pretty clear that Herder would be the starter because he had more starter experience than Malik Monk. That's true. Um, anyways, what were you saying? Or was I saying something? <laughs> I don't you were kind of, we were kind of talking about who the next real small forward is. I mean, it's oh, like yeah, either yeah. Paula or like, you know, if you're talking about someone that you'd actually want to play, you know, Keegan Murray or, um, whatchamacallit, Kevin Hurd. Kevin, yeah. And that three, and- that wing position is so interesting because it just depends on what, what's the other guy doing and what's working. Yeah. Like, do you want to go? But that's what makes, I can't. They have, sorry, I'm looking up stats. Kevin Herter's position last year, according to basketball reference, you know, they had like the position that says games and stuff. Last year, he it says he was a primarily a small forward. Okay. So, yeah, just bringing that up. All right, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> you made your point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if Barnes gets hurt, I mean, you sw- <laughs> it still opens up a big issue. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah you're starting. You start okay, so you start TD at the two or whatever, and you have Herder at the three. Like your starting lineup's gonna look okay. Mm-hmm. Like Terrence Davis, when you think about him in that context, is really valuable. Yeah, super valuable. Because um, when Herder missed a game, it's just like. You don't have to mess with your bench rotation at all. You just slide Terrence Davis in there. It's nice. But what's going to happen in that bench unit? Yeah. 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 Who's your backup? Yeah. It is. Because you're relying on Akpala to go in there. And again, it's like I feel like Akpala, in a certain way, if you're getting, if you're not relying on him to get you stops, if you're already kind of getting stops and you're running a good pace, he is fit in seamlessly. Mm hmm. But. Again, is a difference maker. It's hard for him to go out there and make a huge difference. He can go out and give a guy a different look and slow a guy down, but I'm not taking that ability away from him. But I don't know. I feel like obviously the team would struggle. We were just talking about they would have so many issues in terms of their offense if Sabonis got hurt. But it's like personnel-wise, they don't really have a lot of answers or possible answers. Yeah. You just hope Barnes doesn't go down at this point. Yeah, it would. Uh, I've said it once, and I'll say it again. It just—it was such a mistake cutting Baysmore. It's a legit guy who can fill in behind Barnes. Like you don't have that, and when that situation arises, or when Barnes slows down for his middle of the season slump, like he always goes on, it's just gonna be—it's just gonna suck not having that legit three to back him up, and it's just. And now, now you have Chima Maneke on the 15-man roster for some reason. Chima, when, man, been tearing it up in the G League. I don't care. <laughs> I know. Sign him to a G League contract. <laughs> like, I, it just doesn't make sense that Kent Bazemore doesn't make the team. After Barnes consistently never has a backup three in sack. Unless it is Kent Bazemore in 2019-20. But I don't know. It's, it's just so frustrating to me. Because, like, where, where, where does Chima Maneke fit in on this team? Yeah, I don't even like know. we have forty 
big men already. Like, why why get another? He's not going to fill in the backup small forward. No. So it's just, I don't know. You could use the backup three. They had the opportunity, and they. And that's my critique of Brown. Just, <laughs> he fell in love with his Nigerian national team players. It's just yeah. one too many, in my opinion. I feel that. But in a similar sense with Sabonis, how we were saying, like, man, like talking about him potentially being gone, it highlights how good he is. Uh, I think this conversation about the backup wing or lack thereof kind of raises why it'd be important for maybe a contract extension to happen. Oh, for Barnes? Yeah. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. If you lose really Barnes, good. you pray that Jay Crowder comes to sack. That's about it. I mean, there's there's no small forwards next year. It's Jay Crowder or Harrison Barnes, really, that realistically can come to sack. And so who, who would you rather have? A, a guy turning 33 or a guy turning 31 who's been in sack? Who does a lot for the community? I'm not saying that's important, but you know, like a guy who actually wants to be here. His tenure like. here, man. Yeah, exactly. And and he's probably you know, happy that you know he's sat through what three and a half yeah. years of not making the playoffs. So you know, he's probably a little excited to see something he's helped create in his own to get here. So you you have to sign Barnes and. Whatever you feel about Barnes, he's a valuable member of this team. And at the end of the day, there's no other option. Yeah. We were saying it like a month or two ago. Yeah. Like, but it's well, important. Because it, that report came out that he's not, they're not really looking to shop him. And it's like, well, then you're going to sign him, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, it still hasn't gotten a contract extension here after Christmas. I feel like we were kind of talking like, well, it'll be interesting because if Christmas and New Year's comes around and he hasn't gotten a contract extension yet. Well, does that mean that they're still trying to shop him? I, I don't know. I, I don't guess. Know either. I, I, don't, I don't really know when contract extensions happen in basketball. Just whenever? Kind of. I don't know. I was kind of look, trying to look into that when we, were, when we wrote that article. But, okay. Um, I just don't feel like a lot of Kings get contract extensions in the middle of the season. And it could have something to do with maybe we're waiting on the announcement from McNair or something. Because yeah, we are talking about another one potentially being on deck. That's very true. So, and that yeah. one actually has a report of it being imminent yeah. from Mark Stein. But it was, I mean, it, it seemed like more of the report was like people are still so confused why it took so fucking long. I know. <laughs> I, I, I want to know the reason. I it's, don't know if we'll ever find again, out. Again, I, I can't imagine. It can't be anything other than imaginary tough guy from the owner. Yeah. I, I It's weird. But it's very weird. Yeah. I don't know. Barnes. I, I don't see him getting traded. I, I mean, he doesn't get traded this deadline if the Kings are still on this pace. Even if they're not on this pace, they've, they've shown that they can start off 30 games. Yeah, you'd have to 30. be getting like somebody, if Barnes is getting traded, you're getting like somebody like Siakam or Kuzma. Exactly. <laughs> or, a, or a guy, a, a small forward comparable, or it's the player comparable to Barnes that's yeah. locked up for a couple of years. So they're not, they're not renting out Barnes for another one-year rental and who's not going to be on the team next year. You much would rather have a guy under contract yeah. as is Fox as is a bonus for one more year as is Herder, as is most players on this team. I, I think who's, who's a free agent next year other than Barnes. Um, and at like a big name, I don't think none of the starters, none of the starters. No, they're all, and neither up. is Monk. No. Yeah. Cause Monk signed it. Lyles team. is a free agent. It's Lyles and Metu, I think. And, um, Davis, Terrence Davis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you trade Davis at the deadline. He's, sh- he's shown he can be valuable. Um, and he, you know, I love Davis. But I feel like if you're going to make any move, it's probably going to involve him. Yeah. And he, he has a decent size contract. I think he makes like six mil a year or so. Yeah. Nothing crazy, but it's like one of those, like, oh, trying to bring in a guy who makes 10. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And Davis has value. And he sh- <laughs> it's beautiful that he showed that on their one nationally televised game so far. <laughs> because, you know, everyone saw it. So, But he's been good. And he's a guy who should honestly be a the, the backup shooting guard in most NBA lineups. He's it's, good. Yeah, he is good. We just have two really good shooting guards in Sacramento, but yeah. Yeah, that's um, I don't know how we got to Terrence Davis. Well, we're talking about <laughs> Oh, we're talking about Barnes, yeah. <laughs> Barnes is backup. <laughs> and also any kind of trade deals to like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just interesting cuz I feel like you're going to have to shore up 
man, I guess they're going to have to shore up two positions at through trade. Because it doesn't seem like they're going to sign anybody. They can't really sign anybody. Mm-mm. It's, nobody was really serious about DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> no. I just feel like no one should with be. the ownership having the history that they do with him, it's just like, why would that happen? Exactly. The only reason, the only reason we're talking about it is because Cousins tweeted it. It was carved off as a Carmichael Dave thing. But if it ended with that, we there would be no <laughs> talk about Cousins. But Cousins is like, yeah. Because it's just trying to get a job, I'd love, really. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to. If he was getting other <laughs> contracts or... Seriously. He, he does not care about coming back to SAC. And he likes SAC and everything, but he's, he's just trying to stay in the NBA. So It's true. Cousins shouldn't happen, and thankfully it probably won't. No, if it hadn't happened. We were even saying it, It's like, well, they're yeah. just talking about it so much, then it should happen already. Exactly. But, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, even like when I said Kuzma, it's like, I don't think Kuzma's going to, Siakam's not going to happen. No. Like, that would have to be. Does have to be draft picks. Yeah. Or, and, or, and also, or King and Murray. Yeah, you're talking about a situation too where if you got Kuzma, is Kuzma going to play the three or is Murray going to play the three? Murray? Yeah. Yeah. I almost feel like Murray, you almost want a more dynamic team with uh, Murray. Murray at the four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're kind of just replacing. Like, King and Murray could be a Kyle Kuzma. Two yeah. or three years, yeah. <laughs> so kind of like that undersized four, but still, you know, playing that undersized four well. Kind of like what Derek Williams and Michael Beasley wish they could be. Derek Williams. Derek, Derek Williams. Derek Williams. Derek Three. The slam dunk contest on a motorcycle. <laughs> I feel like the year after Blake Griffin jumps a car. <laughs> you could do that. I'll one up you a motorcycle. Harley, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was sick. <laughs> what a terrible dunk contest. Some of those dunk contests are just yawners. Dude, that, that slam dunk contest was Derek Williams, Chase Budinger. Oh, no. White man can't jump. Didn't they say that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. What I, year was that? Oh, man. Where were they? 11? Like, I don't know. I feel like the All-Star Games in the same three cities. It's like New York, Charlotte. <laughs> New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. <laughs> Houston. Yeah. Like, why is it only here? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh. But it's in Salt Lake City this year. Oh, okay. So, Change yeah. It People are so, it's going to party yeah. it up. No coffee shops. Actually, I love Salt Lake City. It's a lovely town. Because when you do go to your coffee shop and your bars, it's not crowded. Yeah, that's. <laughs> it's gonna. They're just not gonna crap. be used to it. It's gonna be a bunch. Yeah, of... it's because you're in the minority there. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to like, you know, you go to San Francisco when the 49ers are playing that weekend. You're part of a vast majority of inebriation. You know. Yeah, but it's a little different there. They like their water with their Utah Jazz. Yeah. Well, I mean, talking about and the All Star Game, yeah, I, and you know, talking about Salt Lake City All Star Game, be sure to do your part to get Sabonis in there. I, I think, regardless, I mean, if he's not a starter, he's that dude's on the All Star team. Maybe Fox needs a little help, kind of like how Andrew Wiggins made, was a starter last year. Like that might be the only way. Yeah, Fox is a starter this year. If we or All Star this year, we vote him in as a starter, but. Yeah, do your part, you know, try to get on there and give them a couple votes. Get them to skip. It's essentially getting them to skip the line. Because that's the case with Wiggins. It's not like no, 100% crazy that he was an all-star, but to start the all-star. Yeah. Game, it was like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I remember saw And who was Wiggins. voting for that position that did not, like, beat out the Warriors fandom that just, like, <laughs> voted the whole Warriors starting lineup? I know. Because did Clay win or some? No. Because yeah, he didn't was... start until, like. He didn't no, come back he until was, later. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's like that one year, like the 2014 or 13 or 15 Kansas City Royals. They had like seven All Stars. Who <laughs> was the second baseman? Omar Infante. Yeah, was starting, and the MLB just like, no, <laughs> no, they cheated, <laughs> and they like just. It's like, well, don't let voting be an option if you're just it's gonna so like stupid. ban it. Like we could, we should all. I think something happened in uh, hockey. I'm just gonna go on a tangent now. Something like some minor leaguer, hockey league player got like <laughs> fans just like jokingly voted him as a starter. That's how you know hockey and, and fans he, are hilarious. And he won the MVP of the All Star Game. <laughs> he scored like three goals or something. 
I'm pretty sure that was the story. It's crazy though. <laughs> that is nuts. And if you're gonna let them both people in, like, don't change the rules. Get freaking get Chimezi Matu in the All Star game. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine him starting. It's he like, just balls it's like it up. Steph and Booker or Doncic <laughs> and LeBron and AD or no Jokic. You saying Matu? Representing the sixth place Kings, Chimezi Matu. <laughs> Chimezi's just, just shooting threes with Steph. They're going back and forth. <laughs> he scores 42. Mezzi Mamba, dude. Mezzi Mamba, dude. Is he's throwing down oops. He gets a huge contract extension. Not extension, but he gets a huge contract in the offseason just <laughs> yeah. from his all-star performance. Yeah. Dude didn't clock any minutes in the playoffs. <laughs> dude shot 29% from three during the regular season. Yeah. It was like it was like when the Lakers signed Timothy Mozgov, yeah, <laughs> to like a like a one year eighteen million dollar contract. When when eighteen million was like pretty big at the like yes. it was like the first season when big contracts really started coming out. Like what? Who? I know Timothy Mozgov, but dang. I feel like it would be the Lakers that would sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Matt yeah, He went to SC. Yeah, he's a local guy. Yeah, Darvin Ham will figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Darvin Ham. I know. Yeah, man, that's, that's kind of maybe a mistake going to LA, but I'll figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else? I don't uh, think so. I think we're coming straight out of Christmas here, so I'm still kind of getting over the Christmas hangover. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I hope all of you. Had a good Christmas as well. Um, like we we're saying, Sabonis questionable tonight um, and maybe tomorrow night or for the foreseeable future, possibly. We don't know. Still a lot of updates. Broke his thumb. Um, and yeah, questionable to go against the Nuggets tonight. So we'll see with that. <laughs> I think he'll play. Um, and they kind of need him to play. They want <laughs> any chance of winning. If you were listening to this podcast, it's imperative that he plays all 82 games. This <laughs> yeah. But, uh, John, uh, what do you got to wrap it up? Well, we'll see what happens. Just keep an eye on that thumb. And, man, it's the, just this is a good reminder of how important that guy is. Yeah, it really is. So, again, or not again, but thanks for all. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, have a good one. <laughs>